It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Homelessness increased all across the country in 2020, including here in the state of Utah. We've discussed on the show how private individuals and nonprofits like the Other Side Village, the Other Side Academy, are working to address the issue. But what can be done at the government level? Today, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall announced her plans to address those dealing with the challenge of homelessness in the city. And uh, very grateful to have the mayor joining us on the line now to discuss. Mayor, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Boyd. I hope you are having a good uh, dog days of summer. And uh, (laughs) you had a press conference today talking about those experiencing homelessness, uh, particularly in Salt Lake City, and uh, revealed a few plans. Share with us kind of where we are and uh, what we hope to accomplish to help those folks. Yeah, just earlier this week, the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness shared some data that said we need 300 beds immediately in order to be able to shelter everyone on the street who's experiencing homelessness in the county right now. Uh, Today, we as a city supported that request, and you might recall that a couple months ago, I'd, I'd called for more emergency overflow beds in the system um, with some criticism at the time, but what we were seeing through our outreach on the street and what the service providers are seeing at the homeless resource centers was indicating that need. So we're grateful for the data today. We support the request, and I, I make the request of our state leadership to work with the coalition and the service providers to bring those beds online, and the city is committed to doing enforcement um, of the encampments, these entrenched encampments where criminal activity tends to prey on the people in those encampments and around the area, that we will do more enforcement and more consistent enforcement when we have beds that we can offer people um, of that camping ordinance that's been on the books since 1965. Yeah, so important, uh, that enforcement. And you, you raise such an important part of that that we often don't think about. We think of these encampments and we think of, of crime and drug use and all of those kinds of things. But you raise a really important point, Mayor, in that often it's those who are living in those encampments that become prey uh, to others as well. It's true, and there's a lot of complex reasons that um, an individual might find themselves in an encampment like that. We know that this request for 300 beds is just actually a sliver of the solution that's needed. Uh, We need permanent supportive housing. We need mental health access for individuals, and there's a a great deal of mental health needs uh, with people experiencing homelessness on the streets. We haven't made those connections yet, so part of our request today was that the Salt Lake County Council and state legislature provide funding for a bridge facility that addresses mental health, um, and it also could address substance abuse and detox treatment. We have one of those coming online through Huntsman in 2023, but in the meantime, we need something because the effects of the lack of it are playing out every single day on the streets of our capital city. I think it's so vital that we look at all of this holistically. We've been talking about this today, that sometimes we get so specialized in our thinking 
that we don't have great dot connectors. Uh, I think part of the role you have been playing, Mayor, is is to be both a dot connector from kind of the state level on down, uh, but also someone who is looking at the gaps in terms of things that either the federal or the state uh, has not been able to do or has been unwilling to do yet, uh, and figure out ways to at least begin the process and get people uh, to the table and, and engaged. Well, I appreciate that, but there's a lot of smart people working, and Andrew Johnston in my office is one of those experts. He came on our team in May from the city council and has a background with really decades of work in the homeless services and social work realm. But we shouldn't be intimidated by the complexity and how entrenched, really, the many systems are that end up resulting in homeless increase on our streets not only in Salt Lake City but throughout the state we have the fastest growing population in the nation here in Utah and unfortunately we have had basically a proportionate increase in homelessness as our population has grown we need to get real about this fact and it doesn't have to be this way so it is about greater housing stability it's about those mental health resources I talked about health care resources and it's about creating communities housing communities that are unique to the needs of the individuals who would end up on our streets but for those kind of services we're in a great place financially and i think politically as a state to take on and tackle these big issues that have been decades in the making yeah i I think uh, all of that uh, bringing all of those pieces together is so important i want to drill down a little bit uh kind of beyond the mental health the health care some of those support services and again that in that early need uh in terms of kind of that emergency bed uh, request that you put in uh, and dealing with some of the long-term issues, we know you've been uh, partnering with other groups uh, beyond just government uh, exercises there in terms of the Other Side Academy and some of the things that are mm-hmm. under consideration there. Uh, tell me about some of those public-private partnerships that can help us, as you said, with this decades-old problem. Yeah, the, I, I think even the shape and the style of housing matters and the unfortunate reality we're encountering on our streets today and over the last about nine months as we've been putting resources out to meet people where they're at, offering shelter that's unique to their needs, uh, is that the majority of those offers are declined. So it causes uh, us as a city and I think all the service providers to question what kind of barriers are people experiencing for themselves, what kind of history might they have that set causes them to say no and decline these and what kind of decisions are they making that may be out of their means. I'm talking about addiction, mental Mm -hmm. health needs, and also histories of trauma that need to be addressed. And so uh, we're doing this partnership with the Other Side Academy to create the Other Side Village. It is a tiny home pilot community. I say a pilot because we don't have anything like it in the state of Utah. And it's an approach. The Other Side Academy takes a unique and I think a very successful approach to working with people who have histories of addiction and criminal behavior. Um, And we think, we believe as a city, they have a great approach. It's not the same as what they do at the academy with uh, what they'll do with the village, but it's it's absolutely valid and exciting and it's something we're worth trying. I hope that there will be many other endeavors, though, to create tiny home villages throughout the state. They won't all operate the same, but that's good because we need uh, to be able to offer people solutions that are as unique as them and their experiences. Yeah, and uh, just to, to bring all of that full circle, I the thing that I appreciated most listening uh, to you and, and your team uh, as you spoke at the press conference today is is how we look at those who are facing 
homelessness, chronic homelessness, and many of these other challenges, whether it's mental health or addiction or, or health care insecurities, whatever it may be, that we really change how we look at them, meeting them where they are and looking at, at these individuals not as problems to be managed, uh, but as human beings with infinite potential to that they can become part of the solution and, and part of our communities. And uh, any last thought, uh, Mayor, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, in terms of that perspective and what you're hopeful for uh, in the days and, and months ahead? Well, I think it's every city's fundamental responsibility to keep their people safe, to keep make sure that their public spaces are safe and welcoming for everyone. Um, and that's the fundamental role I take very seriously. And we've had a hard time being able to manage what has been a, a majority, I believe, of the focus of the state's homeless population being concentrated here. We're at a turning point. We're at a turning point because we have good data from the coalition and we have partnerships with people like Wayne Niederhauser in the Governor's Office of Management and Budget, who's just recently been put in that position to help us coordinate as a state better on homelessness going forward. Uh, and then we have the American Recovery Plan dollars, millions and millions of dollars coming to the state and the county and even the city that are specifically aligned for homeless services and, and new housing opportunities. So we have a coalition of circumstances coming together that gives us more reason to be hopeful and to work really boldly with intention together on creating solutions that actually last and don't just temporarily mask the problem. Wonderful. Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, appreciate your leadership on this uh, crucial conversation, and uh, we'll have you back for an update real soon. Thank you, Boyd. Thank you. All right, we're going to step aside for a bottom-of-the-hour news update. When we come back, if you think the only place uh, heroes are running and winning, uh, we got a group of kids we're going to tell you about on the other side. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.